the views expressed by any of the locals are not necessarily the views of the sponsors of the locals or any other organization that we bring on. All right, uh, Brady Shenrock, you're fired with the disclaimer. John Cook is now taking that job over on future shows. Speaking of Brady, uh, I think he's still down in Florida. Uh, him and Jeff have been just about everywhere. They're traveling like crazy. So no Brady Shemrock today. Uh, good morning, everybody. We are recording another edition of The Locals, a talk podcast all about Cape May and the area. Uh, this is episode 136, and the link for this show will be posted on the Facebook pages, group pages of The Locals of Cape May, Cape May Live, and Cool Cape May. And the link will also be available on the SoundCloud app, iTunes, and the Harpoons on the Bay.com. The underwriters for the locals are Cape Assist out of Wildwood, New Jersey, dedicated to preventing and treating substance abuse issues in Cape May County. The Exit Zero filling station over in Sunset Boulevard in West Cape May, and by Uncle Bill's Pancake House. In North Cape Bay, I was just there last weekend, hankering some of their good pancakes and had some, and good as usual. All right, my name is Ed McDonough, host and moderator on the show, and the rest of your local host today, uh, let's see, Michael. Michael Clark, uh, Vice President of Business Development for Sturdy Savings Bank. He has a conference call at 9 o'clock, so uh, I'll cut down a little bit early. Johnny Cook. My name is John Cook. I'm the general manager of the Seacrest Inn on the corner of Beach and Broadway, uh, where we are now closed for the season, but you can still go online and make your reservations. They are starting to come in. It looks like 2021 has a decent amount of promise, so I'm going to hang my hat on that and hope. I also write a blog called the Cook Kate May blog, um, reporting on some of the news that doesn't often get reported on and other issues that are relating to Cape May. When does the uh, um, motel open, John? On April, the weekend of April the 1st. Yeah. We're uncertain whether it'll be Thursday or Friday, but you know, who wants to open a hotel on April Fool's? But that's the, that's the target weekend. Google just answered me when I asked you that question. <laughs> Wendy. Good morning, Wendy Collins, uh, co-owner of the Mission Inn Bed and Breakfast, uh, also temporarily closed. We usually stay open through the winter, but uh, with everything going on this year, we decided to close for January and February, so we will be reopening uh, sometime in March, uh, date to be determined, uh, but we'll, we'll get reopened in time for the spring season. Uh, also co-owner of Ripple and Root Gift Shop and Curious Kate May Bike Tours, which will be reopening uh, in the spring as well. And Joe. Uh, Joe McLaughlin, uh, ad representative for uh, Kate May Mac in our This Week in Kate May publication and also owner of Seashore Sound. Wendy, though I'm always craving Michigan coffee, which I haven't had yet, I want you to know today I have a... Uh, a nutty flavor of fire-roasted chestnuts with a sweet coating of, of creamy caramel coffee. Usually a, I'm a, big, a mouthful. Yeah, I'm a big dark roast guy. I like coffee dark roast, but I tried one of those holiday ones, Matt got me. 
And Joe McLaughlin, for you, I think we're going to order this for you, Joe, a T-shirt for the spring when you're out in the garden. It says it's got all the pictures of chickens and gloves and, and things to garden with. And it says, I just want to work in my garden and hang out with my chickens. I'll take it. I think awesome. that would be, be a good shirt for me to wear. <clears throat> all right. Um, real quick. Guys, um, uh, prayers were answered for Chris Bazaire, our newest council member in Cape May. Uh, as we all know, he had a, a pretty bad bout of COVID, one of the uh, one of the bad ones. I think his temperature hit what 104, John. I do believe he posted. I tried to keep up to date. I mean, I know he was in the 103 range. Um, yeah, he took himself to the ER early on. Um, they admitted him. Uh, treated him with remdesivir over the course of a few days. Um, he definitely had his ups and downs, and um, but he, you know, according to Vince Conti, um, you know, and obviously I logged on to the meeting. He uh, still was able to attend last Tuesday night's council meeting from his hospital bed. Um, so, yeah. you know, now we need to, you know ramp up the vaccine, which we can talk about a little bit later. Yeah. Um, a good friend of mine just caught it, a musician friend, uh, just got it last weekend. And he developed a rash. And I, I didn't know a rash came with this uh, uh, virus, but there, there's like five different rashes that have an itch with it. And now looking back, when I caught it back in November, I had like some itching going on right in my arms. And I guess it was related. I'm not sure, but apparently there's a rash with this thing too. Yeah, I think, right, I think 20, <clears throat> like 20% of cases or something have some shingles-like uh, symptoms that, that only about 20% of the people have. Okay. All right, um, guys, about a month ago, uh, I was over at the Cape May EFW, and uh, I was talking with Michelle Boyd, who handles uh, – uh, the memorial for uh, her ex-husband, uh, or her husband who passed, Andy Boyd, the memorial fund there. And Michelle does a great job with that organization. And uh, I told her that the show we did with the uh, Family Promise and the Food Closet at Cape May, our holiday show for the, the uh, charities. And with that, she proceeded to tell me all about the Impact Club of Cape May. And I, I said, Michelle, I never heard of that. Exactly what is it? And after she explained it to me, I went, wow. I said, are you kidding me? So I know all about it now, guys, but the rest of the host, are you guys familiar with it at all? Any not. Other? I wasn't until I Googled it after we discussed having Gene on. Okay. Yeah, I, heard, I heard about it last year, but I think the whole point is it's a little bit underground. I'm sure Gene will uh, fill us in on all the details. Yeah. So uh, Gene Summers, the founder of the uh, Impact Club of Cape May County, is with us. Good morning, Gene. Thank you for coming on. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Um, I'll tell you, it, it is very unique, Gene. So why don't you, first of all, what we like to do with our, our new guest is uh, introduce yourself and, and give us a little bio about you. Where were you born and raised? And, uh, Tell us a little bit about you. 
Uh, my name is Gene Summers. Uh, I was born and raised in Dennis Township. Uh, I grew up in South Seaville, now reside in South Dennis uh, my entire life. <laughs> I am the postmaster of the Stone Harbor Post Office. Um, I went to Mill Township High School, Dennis Township Elementary. Uh, as life went on, I was co-owner of a CrossFit gym at one point, uh, sold some real estate, <laughs> all kinds of good things. Um, that's really about it. All right. So you're a, a South Dennis guy. Yeah. Um, so Gene, let's tell us about the very beginning. Take us back to the concept. I take it you came up with that and fill us in everything about uh, this unique club up till today. And then if the host have any questions along the way, I'm sure they do. We'll, we'll ask you. Yeah, so back in June of 20, uh, in 2016, I was, I always, you know, I think a lot of people do this. We're going to, you know, give more to charities, so on and so forth. And it's like, oh, even if I just commit to giving a hundred bucks here and there or whatever. Uh, and then it's just for some reason you end up never doing it. You know, I've thought many times about going and volunteering for Habitat, stuff like that. Um, but you just, you make these promises to yourself that you never kind of really keep um, and you don't follow through with them. So I was trying to think of an idea of a way to, especially looking at how crowdfunding was going uh, online and stuff like that. And then you had the, the show Shark Tank and people would pitch their, their products and they would get investors and so on and so forth. And I was looking for something to try to help uh, charities in, in Cape May County. There's a, there's a ton of need out there. We're a small community, uh, so they don't, but not a lot of them don't get a lot of funds. Um, so I was started just looking around online and I found this group in Canada actually called 100 Men Who Give a Damn. And the, the, the concept sounded very interesting to me. So I started looking into it and their concept was uh, they got a group of, a group of guys together and they were trying to get a hundred was obviously their goal. Um, and when they did that, they had each other members nominate a couple of different charities of the, that they liked. And then they all donated a hundred bucks every quarter. Uh, and, and they committed to donate a hundred dollars every quarter to the charity that they selected at that event. Um, how they did it though, was I, I took that concept and kind of made it my own. They, um, whoever the members who nominated the charities were the ones who spoke about the charity, which I didn't think was a great idea. I would rather have the charity speak for themselves because <laughs> no one can do a better job than them. Um, and then the other thing obviously was it was a, just a men's group. It wasn't, you know, all inclusive. So taking that idea, uh, changing up a little bit, uh, in June of 2016, I, just decided this is what I was going to do. And I created the impact club of Cape May County. Um, going forward from there, I decided to have my, uh, our first event. I think it was in October of 2016 and didn't get a whole lot of traction. I think I had probably five or six people sign up at that point. Now I knew it was going to be small to start with. It was a matter of just getting it going. And then, uh, you know, it would compound after that. Um, but it just wasn't a, enough people to me. So I started just reaching out, sending emails to people. I did some Facebook advertising stuff. Uh, and next thing you know, I, I made another date. I said, January of 2017, we are starting this regardless of how many people I have. And we'll figure it out after that. So I set a hard date in January 2017. We had 37 people show up to Slack Tie Brewery. And we had our first event. And uh, basically how it works is, each member of Impact Club nominates their three favorite charities about three weeks before the event. We take all those nominations, we throw them in a hat, and we randomly select three out of the hat. Those selected three get invited to come to our event, 
and, and present their charity to us. After all, they get five minutes to do so. Um, so each charity gets five minutes. After the presentations, then all the members basically vote on <laughs> who gave the best presentation or who we want to get the big donation to. Now, back then when we started, we gave the whole donation to the, the charity who got the most votes. So the first charity was uh, Family Promise, won $3,700 donation from us on, at the first event with 37 members. Um, after that, <laughs> we've, we continue to grow pretty rapidly, pretty quickly. And next thing you know, the next event, we had 50 people and then 60 some and so on and so forth. And by the end of the first year, yeah, I think the end of the first year, we had 100 and some members. Once we got up to that point, um, we decided to start taking some of that money and giving it to the other two charities. So um, we would give, if say we had, we had 100 people, we had $10,000, we would give $1,000 to the other two charities and then $8,000 to the charity who got the most votes. Uh, over time, like I said, we we substantially grew and grew. And last January actually was our biggest event. Uh, I think it was somewhere around $17,000. So we had about 170, 180 some members at that point. Um, most of our events before COVID obviously were held live. Uh, we did a lot of Stone Harbor Yacht Club, uh, Stone Harbor Country Club. Uh, we did um, Seven Mile Brewery, Select High Brewery. So it was also an opportunity, especially in the off season to help some of these breweries and, and, and local businesses you know, get a hundred some people in their building uh, on a Thursday night or a Wednesday night, which they would never normally get. Um, over time, you know, we continue to grow. And then of course COVID hits and kind of changes a lot of things. Uh, first of all, people were out of work. Uh, people didn't have the money like they had had. Um, so we had to obviously pivot a little bit. So we went from doing live events to online events. So we basically have the same concept now. The only difference is I just I asked each three charities to, to send me a five minute video of the presentation. And then I kind of make my own video and edit their five minute videos into that. And I make an online event at that point. So I, I, I give our members um, the 10, the 15, 20 minute video of our online event. They watch it and now they just vote online. And then we, uh, we award the money that way. Very so cool. the top, go ahead, Wayne. I was going to say that's a very cool concept. Um, how many, you, you mentioned, I think the most popular membership was January, right before COVID. Um, so you, are you still hovering around that 170 members or? We are not. Since COVID, like I said, I think it's a combination of a couple of things. Obviously, like I said, people being out of work, uh, you know, business owners struggling a little bit, um, so on and so forth. We had, we've had a lot of members drop for that reason. And I also believe that uh, not having the live events kind of hurts us membership wise too. People, people like to, to getting out on a Wednesday or Thursday night and hanging out for an hour, um, you know, having a couple of drinks and talking to some people. And, and the other cool thing about the live events was there was a lot of networking that went on there um, and not just a uh, business networking, uh, nonprofit networking. So the other, the charity, if we get to meet each other, they were able to do some things off to the side, you know, with and not, not involving us. Uh, it would also introduce those nonprofits to our members who never heard of that nonprofit before. And they actually made donations outside of, or, or even volunteer or so on and so forth outside of impact club. So, but yeah, since, since uh, COVID hit, we have definitely drastically reduced. We're down to a, probably about 110, 120 members somewhere in there. So our last couple of donations were around 11, 12,000. And I think uh, we have actually an event coming up this Saturday um, and we'll probably be around 11, 12,000 again there. That's total money. Total money. Yes. Total money. So the number what the, the biggest pot is what, like around $10,000 that projected, oh, projected around nine or 10,000. Yes. Very nice. 
Like a, for, for example, back in Dice January, when I said their biggest one um, was, uh, I think, Lazarus House. Yeah, they got $15,700. And then the other two charities got $1,000 each. Wow. Yeah. Definitely making uh, an impact, as you named the club. So that's a good thing. Yeah, but it's actually speaking of that. Uh, so four years, we just hit four years in January, and we've we've donated just over two hundred and five thousand dollars to Cape May County Charities in that four years. Wow. Yeah. And and Gene, how can people get involved? Are you still accepting new members? Is that an easy process for people to participate? It's very easy, open to anyone who wants to join, even the nonprofit. You know, people who run the nonprofits. Um, you can go to our website, which is theimpact.club. And you can just click on the join us button and sign right, sign up right there. After that, it's pretty much just uh, emails. And I have, a, we have a Facebook page too. It's the impact club of Cape May County. Uh, I try to keep up to date, but after that, it's kind of, you get emails leading up to about 30 days leading up to the event. Um, we also have an online payment system. So you don't have to mail me checks and stuff like that. So you can just go online, you sign up and it basically takes your hundred dollars out every quarter, every 25th of January, um, April, no, March. <laughs> I forget <laughs> April, <laughs> July, April, July, and October. So it automatically takes it out for you. It just ducks it right out of your bank account. But so it made, it made it easy that way too. Gene, since we have a, a banker on the panel here, I mean, my question is as like a journalist, is it a 100% pass through to the charity? Do the, do I make my check out to the charity or do I make my check out to the impact club? So we are, we are not a 5013C. I'm basically a middleman, basically connecting donors to nonprofits. That's basically what I'm doing. So obviously the live events were a little easier in that aspect. So what I would have, if before we had the online system, everyone just brought cash or a blank check to the event with them. And they would hand us a blank, the blank check. We would give them a ballot. We would sit there. We'd go through the whole presentation. And at the end of the event, obviously, after we counted the ballots, we'd know who was getting the big check. And then we'd write all the checks out. I have a couple of volunteers that would help me. And they'd write all the, the checks out to you know, the charities they would go to. Um, now that, obviously, it's, not, it's, it's online now, it makes it a little more complicated, which is why the, the online uh, payment system has helped us out a lot. Because in the end, if... I'm getting your check usually before we know who gets the big donation. So we don't really know where the money's going. So most of the time you have to give me a, a blank check unless you give me the check afterwards. And obviously you know who it goes to, but, um, but yes, yeah, so I'm a, just a middleman. There's no 5013C. None of the checks get made out to me. So if you have, let's say you have a hundred members, Gene, are they committed to a hundred dollars a quarter? Right. That's what I ask. And, and when, and it's, you know, it's spelled out when you're signing up, what I'm asking for is your commitment to, to donate every quarter. Um, for as long as you can, obviously things happen. And, and I have, you know, I don't ever give anybody a hard time if they you send me an email saying, Hey, I got to back out or I got to skip this month or whatever. It's not a big deal, I, but I just ask for that commitment to, to do that. And uh, like I said, with the online system, it, it pretty much forces you to commit. And obviously if you want to back out anytime you can do that, or even if you want to skip a payment, you can do that also. But yeah, we're asking for a commitment when we have people join. And what is what is the response from the the charities, Ben? I would imagine this is a, a big sum of money for those that do receive the the first place uh, finish there. Yeah, obviously they they uh, they love it, and they I get I get thanks a lot. <laughs> um, but in the end, it's just it's not you know I told people from the beginning it's not about me. It, in the end, if everybody didn't help me do this and if everybody didn't stay committed, really it's about the commitment is the main thing. Um, if you just have people in and out all the time, you'd have $4,000 at one time and $15,000 the next. 
Um, but the commitment was was the key, and the people from the beginning who still is still with us is you know is what drove this thing to where it is. And obviously, sharing it with their friends and putting on their their social media, so on and so forth, it's just spread it the word over time. There's a lot. There's a lot of other fundraisers. Obviously, I you know Cape May County in general is I think proven to be a pretty philanthropic uh, location. Uh, a lot of other fundraisers and charities and things that you know try to gather money and and, and do good deeds. Uh, is yours the only sort of crowdfunding membership concept that's out there, at least locally? That I'm aware of, yeah, that we hold quarterly events, yes. Yeah, it's really creative. Yeah, I don't think I've heard of anything quite like it. I mean, I know there's a small cluster of women that meet at wineries together and kind of throw something in the hat, you know, for like, usually for an individual as opposed to an organization. but. Um, you know, it may have started with one of the Craigs. I don't remember the details, but this is kind of unique, you know, and it uses technology of online payments. So it's kind of cool. I'll check it out. The other cool thing about the online payment thing is that actually that organization is also, it is a 5013C itself. Um, so they're basically acting as a middleman too. So when you, when you, when you go through the online payment system, you're actually paying an extra $3 to do so. So you're paying 103 because they have to have to do the credit card processing, obviously. But that whole $103 is tax deductible because they're also a 5013C. They just created that for organizations like ours because there's there's many other different kinds of them throughout the country, kind of. Um, they created that for organizations like ours to to have that system because it makes everything a lot easier and cleaner. Uh, when uh, we get to uh, uh the normal world again, uh, post COVID, I'm assuming you're, you're going to go back to the live events. Absolutely. They're, they're the, they're the best. It's, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's different doing it online. You don't see everybody. It's just, a, it's a very cool environment. Um, it's not a very long thing. Most of the time, like I said, when we did it at the yacht club and stuff, we usually, you can get sit down and get some appetizers and a couple of drinks, but we're only there for about an hour tops. Like it's pretty quick in and out. I mean, obviously if you want to hang out a little longer or come a little early, you can, but it's pretty quick. If you just want to come there for the event, you can be in and out in 45 minutes. So you're looking at about, I guess my math is right, $400 per person over a year, $7.69 a week. Yep. Yeah, it's not, it's not, a, it's not a ton of ton to ask. It's just like, it's well, tax, really deduct tax oh. deductible, of course. Correct. Gene, how do, how do charities get involved in this that you aren't already working with? So charities themselves actually can't get involved unless they become members. So like I said before, um, our members nominate their three favorite charities. Now, they have three have three nominations. So that doesn't mean they have to nominate three different charities. So for example, if your favorite charity is Habitat, let's just say you can nominate Habitat three different times. Obviously, the more nominations you have in the pot, the better chance you have of getting pulled or selected for that event. So charities themselves really can't work their way in. It's really about a, the member-driven nominations to charities. And the cool thing about that is it exposes us to a lot of different charities we've never heard of. Um, I would say doing this for the last four years, I haven't heard of 80% of the charities that have been to our events or that have been nominated. They're all Cape May County, G. They have to be, they have to either be physically in Cape May County or serve Cape May County. So we've only had one instance where physically, uh, we had big brothers, big sisters get a donation before. Um, and they were, they're obviously located in Atlanta County, but they also serve Cape May County. So you have to be able to see them. You have to serve Cape May County in some way. 
stronger. You know, um, all of these people here on the show, one way or the other, since I've known these hosts, all have contributed to charities one way or the other, either financially or given time. Um, you know, I've, I've donated a lot of time myself to Family Promise for events, doing music. Joe has just about everybody. Mike, what, do you have a fa favorite charity? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I would say uh, Family Promise is one of, one of my favorites, but, um, you know, Concerned Citizens of Whitesboro is in middle, um, and I know that, that the Impact Club is, um, has um, donated to to both of those organizations, but there's a lot of good ones. And um, I know Sturdy's very, um, very giving to a lot of nonprofits and a lot of um, uh, organizations. Um, you know, it's, it's good to work for a local bank that really, um, really supports the community, uh, kind of like the Impact Club. I mean, uh, granted, we don't give donations as big as, you know, 10 or 15,000, but, um, you know, we do, um, you know, give substantial, um, donations and especially during this pandemic um you know we 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 decided to really um amp up our donations to um the um food closets and and the different things that really really um um this pandemic has impacted in the community um you know the less fortunate um people that um, really could use it so gene you're you're the first meeting of 2021 will be April 1 or the end of March, I guess? No, it actually be this Saturday after our first event. So it starts January is our first event. So like I said, we're doing online events. So this week I'm actually gathering uh, video presentations from the organizations, the three that have been chosen. And those three for this event, for example, are CARA, uh, Hurricane and Kids, and <laughs> why can't I think of the other one? Uh, oh, and CVAC, CVAC, Citizens uh, Veterans Association. And Gene, it sounds like you kind of do rotate. You don't really do a repeat. So, you, you know, you might hit Family Promise like you did a couple of years ago. They're not going to come up. Well, I thought it was a random year, draw. For example. Right. So it is, it's a random draw. So it's all about nominations. No, but I will say, after if you get a big donation at one of our events, you are not eligible again to be nominated for a year after that. So, oh, okay. for, example, um, for yes. example. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. So, so example, our... Um, our last event went to Carrying for Kids, so they're obviously not eligible again for a year to be nominated any any longer. Now we have had multi, we have multiple charities. Actually, we had the branches has has received the big donation twice. They're the only organization that has, uh, but we've had multiple organizations come and present two or three different times. Sometimes they got the big donation. Sometimes they walked away with a thousand dollars. But we've had multiple uh, organizations present more than once. So yes, yeah, it's just a matter of of nominations, um, and you'll see. For example, you guys are talking about food food clauses and stuff in this time. Obviously, that's been a, a lot of our nominations the last couple of events have went to Cape May Community Food Closet, the branches, so on and so forth. So and how about second and third place, Gene? Can they win again the next quarter? Yes. They're, 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 they never they never lose their eligibility. They get a thousand dollars for coming and, and and presenting their charity to us, obviously, and and just to support them. Um, and like they still they're still eligible to come to the next event and possibly win the next event. Well, even a thousand dollars is really an, very impactful to some of these um, nonprofits. You know, they might not get the ten thousand or or whatever the big prize is, but a thousand dollars is still pretty impactful. Yeah, sure is. Yeah. So, Gene, you said the charity has to become a member. No, no, no. 
no, no, just just anybody, any member can nominate a chair. I said, I had found uh, throughout the four years, actually the first couple of years, I started noticing this. It felt like it seemed like people felt like they didn't know if they could join. This is there's no exclusivity. <laughs> anybody can join, and I always recommend that that people that are members of an organization join. Obviously, if they join, they're going to nominate their charity more often than others. And it gives them a better chance of actually being nominated. Yeah, uh, but that makes I had, sense. I, I had seen in the beginning, it was like people who were part of the organizations weren't joining. I don't know if they felt like they couldn't join, but you can. It doesn't, it doesn't make it unfair to anyone in any other way. It's just you just nominate three. And if you had three members from one organization nominate their three, their, you know, their three nominations every time, they're gonna have, that's nine nominations right there without any other members nominating them. So, and I definitely find if you get over 12 or 15 nominations, you have a very good chance of getting pulled out, so. How you do, how you do collecting the nominations when you're doing it online? So I have a, an online nomination form. Uh, you just go on there, you, you, you put in your nominations, it comes to my email. We take them, we uh, print them all out, and my wife cuts them all up and we put them in a hat and we just randomly select them out of the hat, bowl. Really high tech. I like it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think it's worth mentioning again something that Michael said that, you know, small amounts matter too. I mean, this is great that you're able to pull everybody together, but even for some people during this time in particular, a hundred bucks a quarter might be too much. Um, do you accept lower amounts or certainly encourage people to donate directly if they're only able to do lower amounts. Yeah. We've had that also where people just donate directly. Uh, we've actually had events where this, the, you know, the other two charities have just got a thousand, they've, they've gotten over a thousand dollars in donations outside of impact club just from people at the, at the event. So yeah, it's a, uh, I asked, we asked for a hundred bucks, you know, if, if you can't do that and you still want to be a part of it and you give us $50, it's, it's fine. Like, I don't, this is where we're asking for a hundred dollar commitment. I know most people who join can, can do that. And if, like I said, if you can't, you can always skip or if you have hard times, it's understandable. So Gene, I have a question. Um, are all the members, individuals, and I'm asking that because let's just say that Brady's not here, but the six people on the locals, can you have a group join? Could the locals join as six members and say each of us got $20 out of our pocket a quarter and donated a hundred. Is that possible? That is definitely possible. But it's definitely one of the ways you can join. I, you know, I did it from the beginning as a, you can do individual group or, you know, business or something like that. Cause you could just join as a business name or whatever. And you could, you could give three, some, some people, for example, will, will join multiple times. So for example, if you're a business or something, they might give two donations every quarter, um, depends on, you know, on who it is, but yeah, you can join as a group. You can, you can, however you'd like, you can join. We just asked that it, however you join, that you give us a hundred bucks a quarter. You donate a hundred dollars a quarter. Nothing's really being reportable. So. And as a, as a group, we would have one nomination, correct? That's how it would work. If you join you, as a group, you get one opportunity to nominate three different charities. Right. No, or, three different. Or three the same. Yeah. Or three, or the, three same. the same. Yeah. Yep. Now, Gene, I can't imagine that you would have any, but, since you started, has there been any media criticism about this in any way, shape, or form? No, no criticism, but not much fanfare either. <laughs> I mean, there was a, I, I had sent out in the beginning, sent out some press releases. It's probably within the first year, some press releases and stuff like that. And I believe, I believe the Herald printed about it one time. Um, and then I had a member who was, wrote for, uh, seven mile times who did a little piece in the seven mile times. But other than that, there's really hasn't been 
much media coverage at all, positive or negative. So, and I can't imagine what would be negative, but, but you never know. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, when you meet, when uh, you're in a COVID world right now, but when you are live, you go to different places every quarter or the same place? We, we try to mix it up a little bit. We have found, obviously, uh, Stone Harbor Yacht Club is the perfect <laughs> venue for us. Uh, and, they're, and they're usually very generous in, in giving it to us or letting the, yeah, us using it for, uh, for at least three out of the, the four quarters. So we, we usually try to use them at least two out of the, th the four times. Um, it's just convenient. It's kind of centrally located. And it's just everything we, ha we need is right there. Um, and it's easy. And like I said, they're always, it's always available other than the summertime pretty much for us. So yeah, but I tried to move it around. Like I said, we did seven mile brewery. We did uh slack tie. We did uh stone Harbor country club. We did Wawa country club. Um, where else? We, yeah, we, we tried to move it around. Obviously we need some sort of place that can, that can hold a hundred and some people kind of all in one place. Um, and, and you know, obviously if, if they don't have a, a speaker, microphone system i would borrow one off a dj friend of mine and bring my own uh actually we did one we did one outside at on the beach at the uh, icona in uh, diamond beach which was really cool too you know out of the all the hosts on the show dean the closest one to you is michael clark right and right. he would be his house would be great for at least 100 people every quarter or so <laughs> mike has no problem doing things like that <laughs> Yeah, sure. My backyard would, would love to have it. The summertime actually is always the hardest time to find, obviously, because you know, everyone's busy and you don't want to put anybody out. Um, like I said, luckily, one time we got Icona for that time. And the other time we actually did a Jesse Creek Winery, too, outside. So, yeah, it's, it's tough sometimes in the summertime in the July event to get to get a spot. But we've, we've figured it out so far. I'm uh, scrolling through your uh, Facebook page and uh, it's nice you have the past winners up there and, you know, little shout outs and such. And um, looks like you do with the online stuff, you're doing a lot of the videos yourself and they're, they're pretty polished and, and uh, professional looking. Uh, uh, you've got some skills there uh, that come from a former life or what you've done some media work, it looks like. I'm a, I'm a jack of all trades, master at none. I get myself involved in a lot of things and like to, to learn a lot of things. So yeah, uh, like I said, I had my own podcast uh, a couple of years back. Um, I did some media stuff there. I can do some video editing, very basic, um, but I can do, I can do some stuff. What, was, yeah, your just, what was your podcast? It was called Cape May County Advice Givers. So I basically would bring in uh, business owners, uh, any kind of leaders of the community type of thing, just to give their, their opinions or, uh, I'm trying to think, for example, I had mortgage people on, I've had, uh, orthopedic surgeons on, uh, financial advisors, stuff like that. Just try to give, you know, what it is, it's sort of multi-purpose, obviously. Uh, it was to give people information in Cape May County and it was kind of to promote, um, the business owner or whoever it was at the time to, you know, promote their services and, and to basically build trust with that people. Obviously people, uh, trust people more if they kind of get to see them, hear their voice, so on and so forth, and and hear you know a twenty minute conversation about kind of who who they are and what they're about, and it builds a little connection, so on and so forth. Uh, but you know, life happens, and and I didn't I didn't last very long doing that because a lot of other things popped up. So, do you have a Facebook page? I guess you do. Yes. Just said that. All right. Yeah, it's just the Impact Club of Cape May County. Okay. And so people can go 
uh, on the website and just fill out a form there and send it electronically? Yeah, if they go to theimpact.club and you can click on join us and there's a little form you fill out, just ask for your name and email, maybe phone number, but I think it's just name and email. And you can join up at right there. And then once you do that, um, you'll start receiving our emails. And in our emails, it basically explains everything about the events. It even has the links in every email about the online payment system, so on and so forth. And then how you would proceed after that. Obviously, I'm always available for questions through email, phone, text. My information is always on every email, so you can, it's not hard to get a hold of me. I know you said that you got this idea from some other similar organizations and kind of put it together from, from your own perspective. Has anybody contacted you and taken this idea to other locations? Uh, that's a long story. <laughs> <laughs> so there was a, uh, there was a guy who took the idea um, and then copyrighted the name <laughs> and tried to, he, he's an online marketing guy and he tried to uh, basically force people to pay him to use it. <laughs> it became a lot of money too. Like, see, he was trying to sell his, his marketing and he, you know, told all kinds of things, but in order to use the impact club and the concept, you had to pay him $600 a month or something. It was crazy oh, stuff. Yeah. Anyway, but he copyrighted the name. And of course he started sending me, <laughs> he started sending me threats uh, of, of legal stuff. And I'm like, you can do whatever you want, but I'm, I'm not an idiot. Um, I know I have first use. I created the concept. I created the name and I used it way before you. Yes. Maybe I can't use it outside of Cape May County now because you copyrighted it, but that's fine. But you can't stop me from, from doing what I'm doing. So. But yes, so it has, I don't think it's really going anywhere because it's just, it started, he's, when he first started doing it, it was going okay. And he had, he opened a, started probably, I think eight or 10 different impact clubs all around the country. And, but I think that's all, I think people kind of figured out who he was and how that was all working and it didn't go very well. So I think that's kind of dwindling down too. So no, I haven't. And I've had people approach me um, and ask me, and I've set up uh, meetings with people, try to explain to them everything I did and, said I'm willing to share anything you need to share if you want to start one in Atlantic County so on and so forth I just warned them at that point though if they were going to do it to just use a different name um, because the copyright issues uh, but like I said I, I'm not stopping using my name because I'm the one who created the end and named it <laughs> so somebody did shed a negative light on it so to speak yeah yeah I mean he's out in Washington state so I mean it's, it is what it is I kind of knew the guy going in and he, he just took the idea from like an online forum we were talking about. I was talking about with a couple of people Then he kind of took the idea and uh, made it his own and, and copyrighted the name and all this other stuff. And it's just, you know, it was funny because he's trying to threaten me. <laughs> you know, I'm like, you can try to threaten me all you want, but I know I have first use, you know, uh, what do you call it? It so, reminds me of like back in the day when people would buy URLs as real estate and just, you know, sit them on the shelf and hopefully sometime they would come up as being usable. So, you know, and that's why you probably have the impact dot club as opposed to just the impact club.com or.org. You know, it's, I imagine the URLs got grabbed up. That's a shame. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I try, I tried to get uh, the impact club.com, but yeah, it wasn't available. Actually, I think he, <laughs> I think he uh, actually paid somebody a lot of money for, for that URL. Which is why those squatters used to buy them, John. So they would hope somebody would come along and pay a lot of money for it. So 
for some people, they made a lot of money that way. Yeah. You look like you pulled a John Cook on us there with background. You got a sunburst. Yeah, I was, just, I was just going to say, I'm going to go pull this curtain, <laughs> curtain closed. Well, give me one second. <laughs> um, so, Gene, one, let, one quick question. Other than members, are there any other ways that people can volunteer to help the club out? I don't really need much. Um, it's really other than the events. I mean, I need volunteers at the events usually, but I always have a, my set kind of two or three that I use and there's really not much. I mean, I can say the one thing that I have been slacking on is keeping up with the website. So obviously if there's anybody who, who is willing to uh, take on just updating the website, every event, so on and so forth, I'd be willing, more willing to have somebody do that. Um, Cause I haven't been doing a great job with that. I can definitely say that, but. Other than that, I don't really need much. My wife does a lot of the, the back office stuff and keeping track of money and where it's going and the members and you know nominations and all that kind of stuff and the votes. Uh, but it's not that much for me. Like I said, it's every quarter. I'd probably start working on it, you know, a month out, but it's just, you know, it's an hour or two. Well, that's off to you, Gene. I mean, I mean, you're doing this gratis. I mean, you're not, you're not taking anything off the top. <clears throat> that's a hundred percent pass through. So uh, kudos to you and your wife. Thank you. Yeah, what a great idea. I mean, when Michelle told it to me, I was like kind of shaking my head like, you know, <laughs> I come, I've never heard of this before. Who, you know, who came up with this brilliant idea? And it's, it's fantastic. What's funny it's so is easy. when we used to do the online events, I used to advertise on Facebook all the time. I used to spend about $25 for a week leading up to the event. It's amazing to me more people haven't heard about it. Because like I said, I spent my own money too, even trying to advertise it for a couple of years. Well, you know, uh, the locals has a good following. We've been doing this for four and a half years. And uh, I hope that we can make an impact <laughs> on your on your club. I hope so, too. Thank you. Okay. All right. Uh, Gene, you're more than welcome to stick around and join the conversation. Uh, at this point, I want to remind everybody that you're listening to the Locals Book Podcast. Underwritten by X Zero Restaurant over in West Cape May, Cape Assist out of Wildwood, and Uncle Bill's Pancake House in North Cape May. Johnny, I was in, uh, I took a ride over to Cape May Monday night. Uh, you talk about dark and quiet. <laughs> I mean, what, what bars or restaurants are open over there on a Monday, Tuesday night? <laughs> uh, in town, Ed, right now, I mean, maybe the mug on a Monday night is probably the only one. It's the first time in, you know, the all the years that I've lived here, um, you know, the brown room's closed. And so in, in town, the mug, and then, of course, the sea view is open. Um, but everybody else is kind of restricted hours, at least for these couple of weeks. I mean, the Mad yeah. Matter's closed. Exit zero, exit zero is open, John, right? There's exit zero. Yep. What about Finn's? Finn's limit their hours? Finn's limited their hours. They're, they're closed on Mondays and Tuesdays. Um, but we should mention as sort of like a, a what's cooking, just shout out to Jack. Um, this weekend on Saturday night, he'll be having the scaled down version of the Robbie Burns Supper Um you know, last year we had over 400 people at Convention Hall. Uh, uh, that was the last big one. 
but he's doing a Scottish dinner. I believe as of yesterday, there may have still been a couple of seats left for eight o'clock, but it's social distanced, much smaller, and obviously inside. Um, and it's, you know, it's going to break my heart, but um, my personal risk budget isn't letting me go. So, um, you know, it's um, always a good time, but it's just, just different this year. And Gene's got Gene's got to go. It sounds like so. Hey, he even knows the technology. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I have to get to work, guys. So thank you for having me. Uh, hopefully, something good comes out of this, and I appreciate it. Thanks for joining us. All right, Gene. Thank you. Good thank information. You. Uh, speaking of uh, X zero, you got to give Jack some credit with the theme thing that he's doing right now, Don. Um, yes, he got he got a lot of good press on Channel Six. Yeah, Channel Six was did a lot of good press. It was on Facebook and it was on uh, on the news and everything. So it was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Um, I got a blast too. Mike's got to go, right? Okay, all right, yep. Mike. If there's a PPP applications done, Mike. Yeah, I know. Yeah, one thing I do want to say, I um. We lost a legend this um, a few days ago, and I'm sure you guys might talk about it. But uh, Larry King, one of the best. So, um, you yeah. know, my heart and um, prayers go out to the family. The pioneer, long, long career in broadcasting. That guy. See ya, Michael. That's kind of why I was late. I was looking for my Larry King suspenders. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, I, I guess you guys heard that. Uh, a couple of the um, a couple of people did get the new variant, the UK variant, so to speak, here in New Jersey. No, I hadn't heard that. Yeah, um, I came out of Trenton last week. I got that report. Um, on also, the did on the positive side, I did read. Uh, I think just yesterday that uh, some of the early testing of the existing vaccines uh, says that they're holding up fairly well against some of these new variants. So it's too soon to tell, but that was promising news that, that seemed to have some of it baked in. I think Moderna feels confident that their, their vaccine is gonna hold up against the, the new variant, but I hadn't heard about any case being here in New Jersey. That's interesting. And, hey John, uh, do we John? Do we know who who backed into the uh, church direct rectory, not rectory, the the parish hall? Um, that was yeah, a strange story. That was a crazy accident. Um, you know, on Saturday night, um, I even got to run into our former mayor Ed Mahaney on the location over there, and exchanged emails with him afterwards. Um, I'm sure we're not going to learn who it was, um, but needless to say, they will have renewed their embarrassment insurance as well as their vehicle insurance because there was a substantial amount of damage to the building. That's what I heard, yeah. Apparently there was an ongoing basketball game in the gymnasium too, um, but nobody got hurt, right, John, whatsoever? No, like nobody now? was hurt. There were no reported injuries at the, at the accident scene. Um, that also got picked up on uh, the regional news. <laughs> there, there were some stories about that. So uh, Kate May had good news with uh, Exit Zero and some embarrassing news with uh, the, the accident. 
Um, I, I did find out, guys, that this month we're in now, January, accounted for almost 25% of all cases in the county since the pandemic started. Um, but some good news, I don't know if you guys ever heard of the website vacationstogo.com. Uh, they send a lot of good stuff out on cruises and where to go for seniors and things like that. Apparently, they said that according to data compiled by Johns Hopkins University, new cases of COVID-19 reached an all-time peak in the U.S. on January 11 and have plunged since then. And it's important to recognize that the peak and decline happened before the rollout of vaccines had any significant impact. So that's good news. Hmm. You know, um, I, I, I'm registered now, uh, so I'm just I'm waiting to hear back on when I can go get my first shot. But uh, a lot of people are talking like, I think we're going to have to accept this almost like a flu, like a flu season, and treat it like the flu. But I guess the question I have is, we have a flu season. If, if this COVID-19 is going to be around and we treat it like a flu season, is it going to be a, a year-long thing? Or can we shorten this thing to like a certain time of year that we know about? Right now, it's, it's been here almost one year. I think it's going to be an annual vaccination type of thing, just like a flu shot. Yep. I think you're right, Joe. Um, well, let's hope that the vaccinations keep uh, rolling out and that people are, uh, the right people are able to get the vaccinations in a timely manner. I'm registered, I, got confirmation, and but just yeah, waiting and on I, appointment. I registered both of us um, and, you know, we, we came up like, like 1A and I came up, you know, as we'll get back to you. You know, I'm going to be in the back of the line somewhere. Um, but, you know, I wish if we'd still had Michael on, we were talking about, you know, he had gone to Avalon to get at least his first shot. I hadn't heard whether he got his second shot. We'll have to kind of touch base with him. But um, it appears as though after the governor lowered the group age to 65, there was a huge rush and demand on people getting vaccinated in Avalon. And the, the county's basically running low on supply except for Cape Regional staff. Um, and I know of one person that registered for Atlantic Care uh, Vaccination Center, one of the mega centers up there, and they're like 50,000th in line. So, you know, it all depends on how many, how long it takes to go through that line. Um, but it's that's clearly the, the the backlog at the moment. Well, I think they're doing their best to try to ramp up the uh, distribution and acquisition of more. A friend of mine with a business down here, her parents uh, had appointments, both of them, and they got canceled. And really upset about that. Let's so were they canceled because of lack of supply, Ed? Yeah. Supply. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Real quick, guys, I don't know if you heard this, that uh, the first legislative district team 
uh, Senator uh, Michael Testa, uh, Assemblyman Simonson, Assemblyman McClellan. They released a joint statement calling for leadership changes in the Department of Health. Uh, they said the death rate inside facilities exploded in the month of December, and with active outbreaks at more than 400 homes, the month could be even a bigger disaster. Well, I mean, that, that was December. Right now, there's better news here in January with the vaccines coming out. But uh, yeah, they were calling for leadership changes at the Department of Health. Assuming you meant at the State Department of Health, Ed. At the State Department of Health, correct. Yeah, thanks, John. All right. Um, so anyhow, guys. About eight minutes left, Ed. Are we about eight minutes left? Okay. Um, also uh, in the news, the, uh, the Cape Bay City Council did introduce, guys, that $5 million bond ordinance for the new firehouse. Correct, John? That, that's correct. They, the first reading or the first presentation of the ordinance was at the last council meeting. Uh, for funding for a $5 million firehouse. Um, I think the ultimate amount is to be determined, but that's the direction they're going to go. Okay. Uh, also in the news this week, something uh, I was kind of saddened to hear. Uh, God, it's been around for, for years. And the uh, that's that the popular seaside attraction owned by the mayor of Ocean City, is in foreclosure. We're talking about Billions Wonderland. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that's been around, I think, since I was a kid, I do believe. Um, now, is, he, is he currently the mayor of Ocean City, or is he the former mayor of Ocean City? I, I didn't get that detail clear. I, but I know he's working on financing to keep it in the family. Um, I don't know yes. that it actually is going to go to sheriff's sale. It's scheduled to be auctioned at a sheriff's sale, correct. But this report I have here, it says owned by the mayor of Ocean City. Okay, so that that's, he, he's still the mayor. Okay, gotcha. Here, I'll date myself for you, Ed. I was on the boardwalk in Ocean City, probably at that pier, the night that Nixon resigned. Really? Yeah. And I'm sure I wasn't alone. I'm sure I was with my mom. <laughs> it's just that, you know, that places like that are icons. It's like they are icons. Yeah. It's like uh, I'd love to have Will Morey on the show sometime and talk about, you know, what COVID's, listen, COVID's got to be hurting these entertainment venues big time. I've got friends right now that, that live down in Vieira, Florida, and they go to Disney all the time. They're members of Disney. They go on the, the cruises and they, they go to Disney World a lot. They drove up to Orlando yesterday. They checked in at the Boardwalk Resort. He sent me a couple of pictures. Popular restaurant. They walked in. Nobody was in the restaurant. They look out the balcony to the Boardwalk. There's nobody. They're, they're getting on the rides, not even fast pass. They're getting on the rides immediately. They went to Soarin', which is one of the, the most popular attractions. Walked right in. January. I, I, I think that 
I think Cape May has been very lucky uh, that we haven't had more casualties uh, in the business community here. But I also think that the story's not over yet, and I'm 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 concerned about how this spreads out into the next season and into the next fall. And I think we'll see more uh, businesses that that can't make it for 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 financial reasons because of this. So I think I think that's going to be the story uh, all over. We we really haven't had any major closures in Cape May, have we? Lower Township Cape May. I don't think. I don't, I think, I think everybody just kind of skinned by. Um, you can't know, think I think of any closures. I think you're seeing more drastic first quarter changes that you've ever seen in Cape May. And um, I had overheard a conversation the other day. I actually tweeted last night. There were some locals that were talking um, that this is the first winter that they've spent in Cape May since they were kids. You know, they're normally in Peru surfing or Nicaragua surfing, but they 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 can't leave Cape May because of COVID. I mean, some people are doing long road trips to get to Florida and other places, but to to comfortably fly, it's just not happening. You can't go to Hawaii like you might normally do in the winter time. Hey John. So, I, I was thinking about doing a trip to Florida at the end of March. If I were to go and come back, do I have to quarantine when I come back? As it stands now, uh, yes. I think you're, you're required to quarantine for 14 days if you come back into the state and you go to a state that's on New Jersey's list. And I believe Florida is on New Jersey's list. Okay. Hmm. I mean, but who, knows, me where, who knows where we'll be in March? I mean, that's that's a it's eons away. It, it, it's not calendar-wise far away, but uh, virus and vaccine-wise, it's it's light years away. So who knows? And Wendy, you got to think the vaccines got to help flatten flatten this thing out some. I mean, you know, if we hit a peak and people are getting vaccinated all the time, I would think it could be the beginning of a downward trend. I hope. I mean, hopefully but, so. I mean. Uh, for myself and, and for Laura, we're we're going to be at the end of the end of the train. And we've been blessed with good health, and you know we're we're under the age of fifty five. So we're 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 looking at a long haul. We're not going to be getting vaccinated until the end of the fall or the or the winter. So we're we're still at risk because of that, and that's a little bit scary. So I think you know the, the faster the better we can move through and get the uh, the pipeline full of vaccines and get the logistics ironed out. That we'll we'll move quickly, hopefully. And that's what I meant by I'm, I'm in the back of that line as well. I mean, I guess I'm a couple of clicks ahead of you because I'm 60, but um, it's, I'm, there's no rush. I mean, um, and, and I've seen a lot of social media posts about people. I mean, I'm, I'm thrilled that people are announcing that they're getting the vaccine and I'm seeing it over all age groups, uh, depending on their affiliation with this fire company or this type of industry. Um, there, there's a spout off um, in the Herald that people can look up from themselves. Um, you know, somebody went to the Avalon Vaccine Center and, and demanded to get a vaccine. And I don't know whether, you know, they're required to give you one if you go in and demand one. I certainly wouldn't recommend that. But um, you know, it's 
people are going to try to play hunger games on it. It's not going to be easy for the rest of us. Yeah. Wendy, I know you said a couple of minutes, but real quick before we go, uh, Van Drew, Jeff Van Drew, sent a letter to Comcast on January 21st requesting the elimination of its newly implemented data overage penalties. Have you guys heard about this? Van Drew said to them, South Jersey has been beaten down by COVID. It is disgusting to profit off of the pain of this pandemic. I am calling on Comcast to remove these penalties that will impact families across our region. I, I read something recently that they were charging over $5, $5 and change to talk to a rep hidden in your bill. Don't quote me on that. But I, I've talked to Comcast and never been charged. Okay. But, but if, they are, if they are doing data overage charges during a pandemic when everybody in their grandmother is using online video and online services then shame on them and they I, I, listen i don't agree with van drew on much but i would i would agree with his call for that to be rolled back yeah now, ed is that is that data over usage on the internet side or on a phone side um i don't have that joe it just says overage penalties i would think that's for cell phone usage because i think you're that's a, whole different That's a whole different animal. That's a whole different animal. Yeah. Newly yeah. implemented data overage penalties. Well, but I, people remember people are using their cell phones for Zoom and they're using their cell phones for streaming movies. And I think that the data overage adds up there because of the pandemic as well. Well, I think it does too. But I think, I think people, at least I know, I'm much more conscious of using data when I'm within internet, you know, capability. Right. I think it's just, you know, watching whatever plan you bought. Yeah. I don't know if you have four kids and you're trying to get them all, you know, homeschooled and they're on there using their phones because you only have one computer for the family. I, I just think it's, it's a, it's a reasonable thing to look at. Oh, oh yeah. But, it, but if it's tied to your, your home Wi-Fi, and yeah. that's, that's where I'm confused as to what, what he means by the data side. Right. Look into that a little bit more. Guys, hopefully next week uh, Brady's trying to get the new Lower Township Police Chief on with us, along with the former chief and one of the retirees. So if we do a show next week, they could be our guests. Uh, the week after that, perhaps Deacon Fashall, the new police chief in Cape May, will be on with us. And real quick, John, it was good to see you having a beer uh, at Cape May Brewery, trying out one of their new IPAs, along with Bernie Sanders joining you. <laughs> somebody somebody did use my photo and insert it bernie into it it was kind of cute um i did if you noticed i kept my coat on i was outside and on the far side of the the the, the boutique yard whatever um but i'm always trying to support local businesses as safely as i can do yeah what was the brew they were introducing that was new it was called two versions of me it was a collaboration that they did with Tonewood Brewing, which is up the road a little bit, um, which has some very, very popular IPAs um, out there right now. Their, their most popular one is called Fuego, but um, they blended with, uh, you know, Cape May Brewery and came up with a, it's called a West Coast style IPA. Much cleaner, but still 
quite hoppy and fresh. So highly recommend while it's still available. There you go, guys. We can have John Cook do a new IPA every week, IPA report. And we'll hand over what's cooking to Joe. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right, guys. Um, good show. Uh, the best of Gene at the Impact Club. has got a great thing going there. Great, I great learned company. a lot today. Good idea. I'm glad we hey, we know we know what our reach is. So I think your point about having Will Morey on or one of the county level freeholders, um, if he's listening, you know, he's got an open invitation. Yeah. Um, and you know, he's if he's part of our audience, we would love to have him on. Okay. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. All right. Take care. See you guys next All right, week. Take care. Do you have more women on?